0: Chapter 1, verse 7, Nahum, the book of Nahum. Nahum means comforter, and it's amazing. You read the book, there's judgments coming on Israel. But the comfort is that if they would turn, if they would, these were corrective judgments, it wasn't to destroy them, but to get their attention so they would come back under the shelter of the shadow of his wings. Praise God. Hallelujah. But it says these words, the Lord is good. The Lord is good. The Lord is good. And it's the goodness of God. And it's way beyond our comprehension of good. Way beyond. It's the pure, perfect character of God. And that's why the love, we're loved with a perfect love. And that perfect love that God has for us casts out all fear. Amen. When the Bible said that we, God didn't give us the spirit of fear, it's not. Of course he didn't. And it's not even a spirit from the netherworld. I believe in demons and that have particular operations. I understand that. But this is not addressing that issue. It's our spirit. It's our spirit. God didn't give us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love, and of a sound mind. Praise God. First John says that he that feareth is not perfected in love. For perfect love cast out all fear, because fear hath torment. Fear hath torment, and the word torment in the Greek is penal imprisonment. It will put you, some people have phobias that won't let them stick their, hardly stick their head out the door of their home. They become prisoners of their home. Some become prisoners to fear of a disease. They, they live their life. Who was the rich guy that was a multimillionaire Howard Hughes. And he was so afraid of contacting a disease. He lived in, in, Personal isolation he couldn't enjoy. He couldn't go to Walmart. I mean, dear Lord in heaven, when you touch a buggy at Walmart, you can't have the fear of disease. Can you say, man? Somebody give me an amen this morning. Lord, you don't know how many hands have been on that and you don't know where they've been. Can you say, man? It's amazing in the bathroom, they have a sign that says, employees, wash your hands before you go back. And I thought, everybody ought to wash their hands. (laughs) Hallelujah. Praise God. Well, anyway, but everybody don't. That's why Walmart is, you know, you can't be afraid. You have to You use one of those little wipes. You get back in your car, you use Perel and, and pray. <laughs> I pray over my food. I just believe that God's going to take care of me. I don't live in fear. God's been good to me. I'm 72 years old, and I'm not on any medication at all because God is faithful. But when I get an ache, when I get a pain, when fear comes, I run to God. I don't run from the devil, but I'm wise enough to run to God. Amen. So the devil can't get and do what he wants to do to me. Hallelujah. And God's been faithful. I see no reason to doubt that he will continue to be faithful can you say man hallelujah so i don't just preach this thing my wife told me she said you know i heard you in there making your broadcast last night i just went by the door to see if you were done and i heard you were still uh teaching the word and uh and she said honey I'm so proud of your walk with God. It gives her courage to see her husband Uh, walking this out, not just preaching this because I'm the preacher, but this uh, God's word works. When we believe it and when we apply it to our life. Praise God. So being an example to the flock is not just uh, living in the holiness that God calls us to. I try to live in that daily in my life. But to also live in the faith walk that God has called us to. And represent his faithfulness, his keeping power, his healing power. So I don't wait to see what it is. Because it doesn't matter what it is, if God's going to, if God's going to take care of it, then it you don't need a diagnosis, and you don't need to tell Him what it is because He knows what it is. Can you say, Man, He made us and He knows how to fix us? What is it the? Uh, and I'm preaching in between songs because it's Father's Day, and I know somebody's going to take somebody somewhere to have a wonderful meal, and then then. Take them straight home and let them lay down on the couch undisturbed for at least three or four hours to digest that food. Amen. Snakes do that, don't they? they they're smart. They, they swallow an antelope and, and go lay down and <laughs> digest it for several months. Anyway, we can't do that. But God is good today. He's a good Good father. The book of Nahum, chapter 1 and verse 7, beneath comforter. These are the words of comfort. And I believe it's, is it 1 and 7? The Lord is good. He knoweth them that trusteth him. The Hebrew word for knoweth there is cherish. It's cherish. It's how God feels about you as a good God and a heavenly father. He cherishes you. Praise God. Hallelujah. Here on Father's Day when I want to be a a good daddy to the to my my child and I want to be a I want to be a father not in the sense of the Catholic call no man father thing. You know, it's not putting man in God's place, but there is there is a place. Paul talked about I believe in a scripture that said something to this degree. It said you have many teachers, but you don't have many fathers. There's not many people that care about your soul and care about your well-being and, 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 and not just become a lord, as the scripture said, over God's heritage, but an example to the flock. And that's what I want to be as an example to the flock. Uh, After sharing my testimony online, the the lady in Nashville uh, has a situation that she said looked like it just was getting her down. She was worrying about it day in and day out in one of the lengthy letters that we got. She said, but when I heard your testimony, I took courage in my heart. Thank you. Thank you for sharing your testimony of God's faithfulness because I'm trusting him with what was getting me down to the almost seemed like the breaking point. You see David said he lifted me from the miry clay. That's it's 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 kind of like quicksand only you don't go under, you just can't get out. You don't just go under and suffocate, you just can't extract yourself. You have to have help from above to get out when you're stuck in the miry clay and you sink up in it. He lifted me from the miry clay and he didn't leave him on the precipice about to slip right back in. I don't believe in praying the same prayer for the same thing week after week, month after month, because he doesn't just lift us out. It said he set my feet upon a rock. He established me, praise God, hallelujah. And then because he lifted me out and he established me, he said he put a song in my heart. And we sing it, don't we? The lyric of our song, a song of praise, hallelujah, amen. And it said, the humble shall hear thereof. And they shall be glad. Glad in the scripture is the, 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 the glad. It starts with glad. The glad anticipation before it even happens, the glad hope, the glad anticipation of future good is biblical hope. Praise God. The glad. If you expect it to happen, you start getting glad before it happens. Amen. So when people heard of David being delivered and the mercy and the grace and and the help that God gave him, they took courage in their heart that God would help them. If he did it for David, if he did it for someone else, he'll do it. Remember the song, the chimes of time ring out the news. Another day is through someone slipped and fell. Was that someone you? And then the lyric, uh, the the chorus, it is no secret what God can do. What he's done, what? For others, he'll do for you. If God did it for anybody, God will do it for everybody that trusts him for it. He is no respecter of persons. He is a respecter of faith. As your faith be, so be it unto you. But it, he doesn't have this People think I'm teacher's pet sometimes. No, I have just walked through valleys, learned to trust the Lord, and and I use the faith that I have to believe him when I'm in need in my life. And God honors faith because faith honors God. Hallelujah. The Lord is good, a stronghold in the day of trouble. The name of the Lord is what? A strong tower. The righteous runneth into it and are safe. The word safe there means high above the intentions of evil. In other words, your enemy wants to get to you, but you're just in that place of safety and security that he cannot. He walks around as a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour, whom resist steadfast in the faith. And part of my resistance is not just standing on the word, it's running to the Lord. It's running to the Lord, praise God. My shield of faith is is God defending me and his faithfulness to defend me. Amen? I don't know, maybe yours is a force within you. God help you if it ever wavers because you'll drop your shield flat on the ground. If your faith is in your faith and your faith wavers, you've had it. You have no shield anymore. But I see the shield of faith as God defending me and my trust in him to defend me. Amen. Amen. David actually called him his shield and his buckler. Amen. Thou, oh, we sing it, don't we sing the song? Thou, O Lord, art a shield for me, my glory and the lifter of my head. He would tell Israel over and over again, you don't have to fight in this battle to win it. This is no longer your battle now that you've trusted me with it. You do not have to fight this battle. See, the fight of faith is not about you personally encountering and overcoming the devil. It's you acknowledging that you have victory because God has already defeated him in our behalf. Praise God. Jesus has led captivity. Captive and destroyed him. That doesn't mean he doesn't exist. He really does exist. And he's active right now on this planet. But concerning the believer, he has absolutely been stripped of any authority or power. If you don't give place to him, believe me, he can't take something from you. You've got to give it to him. Amen. He's destroyed him. That hath the power of death. Triumphing over him in it. And it being the cross. Hallelujah. Amen. I'm so glad to have a father in heaven. When I would go in. My dad's with the Lord. Been with the Lord several years now. But when I would go to visit him at his home. I never knocked. You know why I didn't have to knock? Because I knew I was 100% always welcome. There was never a time I showed up that he wasn't glad to see me. That was back in my Pentecostal hooch days. That's back when I'm not really crazy about it anymore, But so don't necessarily buy me You did buy me some one time. I did drink it, but I like other beverages more. I go for diet stuff, and it tastes terrible in the diet. It's It's root beer. And you know what? In the refrigerator, I know it was a cheap, cans of it. He couldn't afford a lot of stuff. like. But in the refrigerator, there was a cold root beer waiting. He didn't know when I would show up. But whenever I showed up, he said, Bobby, there's a cold root beer in there waiting for you. And I thought, you don't have to tell me twice. (laughs) (laughs) Amen. On a hot summer day, I've got refreshment waiting for me. I didn't have to ask him. Dad, do you have anything to drink? No, he had it waiting for me. He anticipated me coming, and he wanted to bless me in the way that he could. When I got married, my daddy, since his father's day, my daddy gave me a 19. It's the only thing he owned to his name. And he gave it to me as a wedding gift so I could go to work, (laughs) amen, and get to work. And he wouldn't have to haul me to work, praise God. But he wanted me to have it. He gave me the, the best thing he had in his life, a 1954 Pontiac straight eight. Don't know if you ever heard of one, seen one, but it's you've heard of a flathead six that's running in a row. This is eight cylinders in a row, one, eight, and long. That thing was long, and it was black with chrome all over it. Lord have mercy, man! When I got in that big Pontiac, and I going down, and I, and I thought, Dad. You're so good to me. You're so good to me. You see, that's what Nahum is trying to tell Israel. If you just see God as a disciplinarian, if you just see him as the one that's going to judge you and chastise you, and you don't see him as the one that loves you and wills to bless you. You know what he said when judgment came? I have no pleasure. In the death of him that dieth. Why would you die. O house of Israel. That's not what I want for you. That's not what I have purposed for you. That's not why I established a covenant. With Abraham. Amen. I know my thoughts towards you. Don't let nobody try to define me to you. Let me tell you. How I think about you. I know my thoughts towards you. Thoughts of good. And not of evil. To give you an expected end. I'm so glad. That I outgrew. A lot of immature preaching that did not rightfully define God to me. I'm glad that he is a father that I revere and a friend that I love. Hallelujah. Can you say amen? Oh, I don't think you hear me today. He's a father that I reverence. But he's a friend that I love. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise God. What a new relationship. I used to walk in in the dread of missing it somewhere. Instead of walking in the joy of serving him. Praise God. He's a good, good father. And Nahum begins by saying the Lord is good and because he's good you can look to him and trust him when trouble comes he's a stronghold in the day of trouble and because he's good remember the the and what what would you call it an allegory the the uh, uh with with the lion the lion who did that c s lewis Pilgrim's Progress and and the allegory of uh, Aslan, a representative of Christ, the mighty lion who laid down his life. When the young lady in the movie says about this lion that is so imposing, is he dangerous? Because lions are dangerous, and this lion looks so fierce and so mighty, and she asks, is, is he dangerous? And the answer was, yes, he's mighty. He's all powerful, but he's good. He's good. He's good. Hallelujah. He doesn't want you hurt. He wants to help you. Praise God. Amen. And we have to define him properly. That's why Jesus came to, to become the express image. If God were a man, Jesus is the man Not that God would be, but that he became. To wit, God was in Jesus Christ, reconciling the world to himself. When you've seen me, you've seen who? The Father. How how do we see the Father? We see his character. This this all-ever-present God who, who fills the universe wants to come and live in our hearts and make our hearts his home. Isn't that an incredible thing? God who sits in the highest heavens, who dwells in what the Bible calls unapproachable light. Angels in his presence have to cover themselves. Celestial, spiritual beings cannot stand without a covering in that kind of presence. And this God who dwells in unapproachable light invites us To come into his presence. And he feels at home in us. He can come and live within us. That's an incredible thing. And if we keep him shrouded in mystery. And we don't see the person of the Holy Spirit. And we don't see the person of God. Then we can't anchor our souls when the troubles come and our 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 mind it's in our in our teaching about faith and double mindedness a double minded man is unstable so we need an anchor sure and steadfast for the soul and where do we find it abraham staggered not at the promise of god but was strong in faith giving glory to god because god cannot lie it became an anchor sure And steadfast for the soul is the answer to double-mindedness. Hallelujah. We used to sing the anchor holds, the anchor holds, the anchor holds. Well, what are we anchored in? We used to always also sing I've anchored in Jesus. I'll fear no wind or wave. I've anchored. My wife and I sang that on the bed at 3 o'clock in the morning. Hallelujah. (laughs) Because all these troubles come and you pray and things don't immediately get better. And you need an anchor for your soul. Amen. And it's an anchor. And have you ever seen an anchor is not just a big lead weight. It's, it's, come on, you look at Popeye's arm. Amen. Or Doug's, or Doug's forearm. Amen. It's just like Popeye's. Anyway. Ought to cover him up. He's intimidating me. Anyway, God is good today, and what an anchor! It's got it's it's got hooked ends. It was to go all the way to the bottom, and it was to catch. It wasn't just the weight of the anchor because the ship weighs far more than the anchor that's holding it. So the anchor has to go to the bottom, and it has to catch and dig in. And the Bible said we have an anchor that is sure and steadfast. Are you ready for this? Are you ready for, I don't know if you're ready to see revelation before you, you know, this early in the morning, but you need revelation no matter what time it is. Praise God. We have an anchor sure and steadfast for our soul that reaches into that that is behind the veil. Our anchor is in that that is within The veil. Well, what's back there behind that veil? There's a a gopher wood box called the Ark of the Covenant. There's the manna. They took a jar of the manna, put it in an airtight jar, and preserved it to represent God's faithfulness to his covenant. Can you say man? And then there's the law on those tables of stone, the second tables that Moses didn't break when he saw how ugly Israel had become in his absence. Amen. And God wrote it down again. And it was in there. Our anchor is not in the law. Our anchor is not in the, the in the in the manna. Our anchor is not in the, the mercy seat. Because the mercy seat was the golden. Lid for the ark that had the angels looking down on it's where the blood was sprinkled once a year. Listen to me. There's something else back there because none of that made that place so holy. You know what made it holy? God manifest his person and presence behind that veil. And that's why only the high priest could walk back behind it. It's God's person when you go to the Bible just for promises and you don't go to the Bible to have the person review, I'll tell you something. You will never be able to weather the storm of doubt and fear just looking for a promise to stand on because a promise from God or anybody else is only as good as the person who made it. If you don't believe them to be absolutely faithful to keep that promise, then the promise has no value at all. But if you know the person is a person of their word, and they they will not fail to keep their promise to you. When they make a promise, you can, as Beretta said, if you don't remember old day television, you can take it to the bank. You can go ahead and write a check on it because it's going to be there. Can you say, (laughs) man, hallelujah, it's going to be there. God is a heavenly father. He's not just the force in the universe. He's a good father. Well, I go to him like I went to my earthly father because Romans eight says that I can call him and should call him Abba father. And the moment I do Not just by faith, but with an understanding of who He truly is to me. I'm reconciled to God. He didn't just forgive my sins. God doesn't have a stepchild. Now, you are the sons of God. And if sons of God, Romans 8 says, then you're heirs of God. If you're a son, then you're an heir. And to what degree are you an heir? If you're an heir of God, then you are a joint heir with Jesus. What? Somebody say, what? What? Come on, that deserves a what? But it also deserves an amen this morning. God would like to turn your frown upside down before you leave here today. When I went to my earthly fathers, I didn't have to knock because I knew I was welcome. The Bible said we have access to God. Hallelujah. Let us therefore draw near. Hallelujah. Praise God. I just walked in because I knew I would get a warm welcome. I knew he had something to bless me with if it if, if it wasn't anything but a, if it wasn't anything but a root beer he was giving me the best he could give me because he loved me and I didn't have to I didn't have to shame him ask him pressure him because it, it was his joy and delight to watch me on a hot day guzzle down that root beer he even liked to hear me burp When I was done. Can you say, man, I had a good father. I'll show you how that. No, I can't do that without a root beer. Amen. Some of you are saying you're just too, you're just too happy today. Well, it's Father's Day. Humor me a little bit. Amen. You get to know the father like I know the father. It could make you happy too. Can you say, man, because happy, 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 happy is the man who has the Lord God of Jacob for his help. Can you say, man, <laughs> if that don't make you happy, nothing can. Nothing can and nothing ever will. But when you have God there, he's available to you. Is not this the fast that I have chosen, Isaiah 58? Amen. He talks about not putting forth a finger, doing our own thing on his day, reverencing him and honoring him and serving him. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And then he talks about us being like a like a watered garden, glory got to God that ceases not from yielding fruit, and he said, "And then you will call upon me, and I shall say, "Here am I, hallelujah. Where is the Lord God of elijah? He's available and accessible by you and me. Praise God, hallelujah." So I approach him now. If I can call him Abba Father, if I'm a son of God, if I'm a joint heir with Jesus, I can come into his throne room just like I came into my earthly daddy's house. Because if he isn't Abba, you don't know him like he wants you to know him. When Jesus used that term, he was the only begotten, the only one that could legitimately use that term. And you know where he used it? When he needed the Father's support and love like never before. Because in his humanity, in the garden, his soul was sorrowful unto death. And his sweat became as great drops of blood. Gethsemane wasn't a rose garden heard the song, God never promised you a rose. I never promised you a rose garden. It wasn't a rose garden. It was where there was an olive trees and an olive press. It was an olive garden. No, not that olive garden. Where is Sean this morning? I know that's what he would be thinking. <laughs> Hallelujah. No, it wasn't the. It was an olive garden where there was an olive press, where there was a stone, With a groove cut in it and they would take the olives and dump it onto that stone. And there was a stone through a pulley that was lowered on top of that stone. And the pressure of the weight of that stone would smash the olives and the oil would come down that groove and they would collect the olive oil. It was an olive oil. Press Gethsemane. So when you think of the garden, don't think of the birds singing, the in the garden where we fellowship God. This is where Jesus made the full commitment to go to the cross. And he said his soul was sorrowful unto death. And he sweat great drops of blood. And when one of the gospels or possibly two, he, when he said, Father, let this, if there's any other way, he was he was he prefaced it with Abba Father. Abba Father. He became humble to the point of being like a little child asking his dad, Is there any other way for me to obtain salvation? He said Abba Father, if there's any other way, let this cup pass from me nevertheless. Not what I will, but what you will be done. There's a type of Of the father and the son, Jesus Christ, when Abraham took his son that he loved with all of his heart and said, where's the sacrifice? And there was none there. He took Isaac and he put him on the altar. And by the way, if Isaac didn't say not my will, Abraham was an old man and Isaac was a strapping young man and I'm going to tell you when my dad was 92 if I was 16 I could take him not at 30 <laughs> amen but at 92 if I was 16 I could take the man Isaac had to lay down he had to love his father enough and trust his father enough that he would allow his father To lay him down. Lift the sacrificial knife. Amen. God never wanted sacrifice like that. But there was a type being given. Of the heavenly father. Sacrificing his son. For our sake. And what did he see? God said don't do it. Don't do it. Well where's the sacrifice then? He looked and there was a ram caught in the thicket. God will provide a lamb, we sing. Can you say man? Did he provide a lamb? Yes, he did, Jesus Christ, amen. Did the Father give him to us, amen, that he could go to the cross in our behalf? Did the Father feel the pain in his heart when Jesus said, Eloi, Eloi, lama sabachthani, my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? In Pilate's hall, he said, the father, my father, everybody's running, everybody's withdrawing, everybody's distancing himself from me, but my father's always with me. But on the cross, he didn't die with the father's comfort. He didn't die saying, you know, I'm I'm in agony, I'm in pain, I'm in shame, but the father's with me and I'm comforted. No, when he that knew no sin became sin in type, the father had to draw back and did. And Jesus cried out like a child for his father. Now I'm going to tell you, if my pure, perfect, innocent child cried out to me to take him off that cross and all those people, all those sinful, proud blasphemers were hurling insults at him while he was on the cross I don't love like that. I'd say, you know something? You ain't worth it. He is worth it, but you're not. But God so loved. Don't make that a little Sunday school ditty. God so loved the fallen world and all the people in it that he gave his only begotten son. Hallelujah. That whosoever believeth on him would not perish, but have everlasting life. Oh, what a wonderful heavenly Father that we have today. Can you say, Amen? Amen. So he's my Father in reverence, our Father which art in heaven. Reverence starts it. Hallowed be thy name. Hallelujah. But he doesn't stay. Just that reverence God that is unreachable and untouchable. He becomes our friend and invites us into his presence. Praise God. Let us draw near with our conscience sprinkled from evil, with all the guilt of the past in the past where it belongs. Let us draw near. With our hearts sprinkled for evil. Let us, let us, we don't have a high priest that can't be touched with the feeling of our infirmities, all points tempted as we are, yet without sin. Therefore, let us come boldly before the throne of grace to obtain mercy and grace to help in the time of any need. There's nothing that'll build your faith like recognizing your relationship, your reconciled relationship with God. It doesn't appear what we shall be. Literally, Paul said, at our best revelation, we see through a glass darkly. We see him a smoked bottle is the term for that. We're looking through a smoked bottle. We see images, but we don't see perfect clarity. We will when Christ comes because we'll see him as he is. But until he comes, there are things we don't perfectly see or understand. But one thing we do see is... And we do understand, and that's what happened over 2,000 years ago at Mount Calvary. Can you say, man, no greater love, no greater love. And the new relationship we have in him and through him with the Father, with the Father, with the Father, with the Father. With the Father. So when you pray, I'm saying this for the tape we're making, or not even a tape. We keep calling it a tape, but for the for the digital thingamajig that we're we're making for the the website. You heard of the two ladies that worked together for about five years, and, and one of them said, oh, I'm so glad we're going to be off next Sunday because we're having something special at our church. And the other lady said, I didn't know you'd go to church. And, you know, people need to kind of recognize you as a Christian out in the world. And uh, not be surprised that you go to church. But anyway. She said, oh yes. I I, I go every chance I get. Every time we're off, I I go to my church. She said, really? She said, I'll bet you. That you don't even know. The Lord's Prayer. She said, what are you going to bet me? She said, I bet you $20. You don't know. The Lord's Prayer. And you can't say it right now. And she said, you're on. He said, all right, then say it. She said, now I lay me down to sleep. I pray the Lord my soul to keep. If I should die before I wake, I pray the Lord my soul to take. She said, here's your $20. I didn't think you knew it. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> you know something? The Lord's prayer was given an example to us. And the first words spoken in prayer is to acknowledge our reconciled relationship with God in the familial way, in the family sense. When you pray, he said, Lord, teach us to pray. And you know what he had to do as we get ready to worship a couple of more songs? You know what he did? He had to teach them how not to pray in order to teach them how to pray. He didn't start out by teaching them to pray. He started out teaching them how not to pray. He said, when you pray, don't pray like the hypocrite does. He thinks he's going to be heard because of his much speaking. Have you ever had someone heard someone pray over the food and you're starving? And they just keep going and going and going. And they're praying for missions around the world. And, and you're ready for your gravy and biscuits. Can you say man?" Amen. And it's good to pray for missions around the world, but not necessarily praying over the food. Pray for the food. After we all eat, then we'll pray for missions. (laughs) Amen. But pray for the food. Don't pray like them. They think they're going to be heard because of their much speaking. But when you pray, you pray differently. You begin your prayer like this. Speak of him possessively. Our every believers, our father, our father, our, you, you, you don't disrespect him when you say Abba father, you actually acknowledge this relationship that Jesus died for us to have with him. And if we're not walking in that relationship, he, he is disappointed that he suffered all of that. It's not just about going to heaven. It's about coming to God. Can I say that loud and clear again? It's not just about getting to heaven or going to heaven. That's not the highest order. The just suffered for the unjust to get us to heaven. Of course, that's a byproduct of something greater than even getting to heaven. Well, what could be greater than that? I'm so glad you ask. Now, it's your fault we're continuing to teach. Can you say amen? Hallelujah. Amen. What could be greater than going to heaven? If you don't know, you need to know. There is something greater. There is something greater. The just has suffered for the unjust that he might bring us to God. Whoo. Heaven. Did Jesus elaborate about the place or about the reason the place exists? This beautiful city called the New Jerusalem. He said, I go to prepare a place for you. And that's the last you'll hear from Jesus about the place. If you want to know any more about the place, you'll have to go to the book of Revelation and let John tell you about it. Because Jesus ain't going to talk about the place. Because the place was for a purpose that's higher than you just living in the mansion. Amen? Wow, this is good teaching. Amen. I might listen to this again myself. This is, this is important stuff because Christians look like stepkids, red-headed stepkids. What does that mean? Have you ever heard the term He'll beat you like a red-headed, red-headed stepchild. Well, red-head, red hair. i got to talk to Marilyn. I don't know. She's That little hat won't cover up that red hair. I, you need to get a big hat for that. A lot of red-headed people are high-strung, and a lot of red-headed kids, and, and they said they had to whoop Opie a time or two uh, to get him to fall in line. And he's a sandy haired guy, old producer now, but he used to be a young young punk like always all we were when we were that age. Amen. Listen to me today. Christians are acting like beggars looking for crumbs. It's not meat to give the whose bread. Children, paternal. This is all about family, the family of God. Hallelujah. Oh, I I can't take it all in. I can't therefore get it all out. Now. Now. Everybody say now. Does anyone need that defined? Here and now, in this moment as a child of God, as a believer. Hallelujah. Now. It doesn't appear what we shall be, but we know what we are now in relationship with him and to him. Now we are the redheaded stepchildren that he has to whip every day. No, now we are the sons of God. And if sons of God, then we are heirs of God. Is that correct? A A son is an heir. And if we are heirs of God, to show you the position he's elevated us to, we are joint heirs with Jesus. What's a joint heir get? The same portion of the other heir. You can't be a joint heir and get 10% and and the good boy gets 90%. But you haven't been good enough to warrant 90%. If you're a joint heir, you get the same portion. The Bible said we've been buried with him. We've been raised with him. Oh, my Lord. I don't know if I can stand this without running. Amen. So clear the way. And we've been seated with him. You know what seated with him means? Joint seating. In the Greek, it's joint seating. What? He's sitting in this place, and I'm sitting with Him? Well, do you believe the Bible or not? Whose report will you believe? If you believe the Bible, it'll change your life. It'll get rid of stinking thinking. Can you say, man, it will transform your mind. We're to be renewed in the spirit of our mind. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to all You say, Brother remember, I can't get my mind wrapped around that. Well, keep rapping. <laughs> Can you say, man? <laughs> Don't give up on yourself receiving this. I can't see myself that way. Well, God sees you that way. And when you begin to see yourself the way God sees you, you're going to see yourself differently. I'm in the room with royalty today. I'm not in the room with losers. I'm in the room with more than conquerors. Can you say man? Hallelujah. 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 Because He hasn't just saved you. He has made you His sons and His daughters and gave you a standing with His own Son. And we don't deserve it. I'm not talking about deserving. I'm talking about grace. Unmerited favor and mercy. Mercy isn't for anybody that deserves anything. It's for somebody that deserves nothing and gets everything. Hallelujah. Joint seating with him. That's why he said, Father, we're one. We're inseparable. (laughs) And Father, all these that believe on me, you know how I'm in you, John 17, and you're in me. I want them to be in us just like that. Well, did God answer the prayer through the cross and Christ's sacrifice and the giving of the Holy Spirit? Christ in you. The hope of glory. Christ in you. That's how you know you're going to heaven. You don't wait to see if Christ can live in you. You can live in the city where he lives. Because what makes the city holy is him and his father, which are one. Amen. So if Christ can live in you, you've got the hope of glory. Because Jesus has come to abide within you. And the Bible said we've been baptized not just in water into a denominational system or structure, we have been baptized by one spirit into one body, that body being designated as the body of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen? So Christ is in us. We're in Christ. Is that correct? Why aren't we shouting? Amen, just don't cut it. You've you got to be I know what it is, you're dumbfounded, not dumb, dumbfounded. There's a difference. Can you say, man, when you get this, it's going to change you. It will first challenge you, but then it will change you. There was a lady came here to a service. We had one of those meaty sermons where truth was being taught, and she turned to her husband before she left and said, "I needed some meat." I don't know where they go to church, but obviously they're not gnawing on what you're gnawing on this morning. Can you say, man, come on. There's a lot of cut and dried. A lot of preachers don't even get this yet. So they can't give it to you because they don't get it. But I go to my father in prayer, like he said to come. Our father, which art in heaven. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah, hallelujah. And I know before I pray, he has prepared the answer. I know that because he's good and he's a stronghold in the day of trouble. And they that do know their God, the truth about their God, these things about their God, they shall be strong and do exploits. One translation I like, it says they shall be strong and Take action. The whole book of Acts are about men and women who knew their God. And you saw the Acts of the apostles. They took action by faith. Hallelujah and oh my, my. I don't know if you know this, if you listen, I tried to have feelers out of revival around the world and there's a mighty revival occurring in so many nations and and it's marked with miracles, signs, and wonders. And there has been a revival. Whether it's continuing, I'm not up on that, but it began about twenty years ago in South Vietnam. In South Vietnam. And Dr. Wong from Hong Kong, it's easy to associate and never forget his name. He is director of of, of Asian inland, African and Asian inland missions. They asked him about the revival in South Vietnam. And you know what he said about it? He said the miracles that occurred in the book of Acts are occurring where Christians are gathering together sometimes 50, sometimes less. There's no mega church in South Vietnam, but there are thousands of Christians that gather here and there, sprinkled throughout. And he said that there's no miracle that is occurring in, in the book of Acts that is not occurring in South Vietnam. And this is what he said, not on some Pentecostal uh, thing, but th- this is what he said on Moody Radio, which is a non-Pentecostal organization, very evangelistic. And so the moderator on Moody asked Dr. Wong, what can we do to help? What can we do? He said, pray, pray, pray that God will continue to move and souls will continue to come to know Christ as their Savior. And he said, but don't try. Because he knew the danger. Don't try to organize this. Don't go over there and try to organize this like we're organized over here because that's not happening in America. We need a certain degree of organization to work together. But denomination is not known for creating an atmosphere where revival can occur. It's always had to work outside organized religion, even the right religion. Amen. Have you ever been to a church talking about revival? If they're talking about it, it ain't there. I said if we're teaching about it, it could come there. But it's going to have to, something's going to have to change. Can you say, man, I don't know about you, but I just can't sit and, and let it, let it ride, not in these last closing. We're to redeem the time. We just don't have time to play church any longer. Hallelujah. Amen. It's high time. High time. It's past time. It's overdue that we awake from our sleep. The night is far spent. The day is at hand. Amen. But a, a time is coming when no man can work anymore, but we have a window of opportunity and it is high time. So if you want that, it's all over the place. Organized religion and Pentecost don't mean what it used to. Full gospel doesn't mean what it used to. Amen. It just doesn't. Hallelujah. But when God comes through, and as the lady said in Nashville, she said, when God shows up and God shows out. I've heard that term before. Have you ever heard that term before? You've heard it here when God comes through and answers prayer. Hallelujah. I'm a product of God coming through, showing up and showing out. And I want to see revival. I want to see your answers, your prayers answered. I want to see you saved and kept by the power of God. Hallelujah. I want to see you enjoying your walk with Jesus. Amen. Hallelujah. Is that okay? The Bible said we joy in God. Because of the cross, we joy in God through Jesus Christ. We enjoy fellowship and relationship. For truly, our fellowship, say, say the Greek word, koinonia. Koinonia. That's the word for fellowship. And it means intimacy. Intimacy between two people. If any man opened the door... See, it's all about bringing us to God. I will come in and sup with Him and Him with me. That's intimacy. That's a table for two. That's not what? That's not just listening to the choir and watching the preacher preach and going home and doing whatever we're going to do. That's getting close to God in a fellowship relationship. So Jesus says, "I, I go to prepare a place for you in my Father's house. There's many mansions. We've been watching. H G T V Home and Garden. We've been watching house transformations and we're just envisioning we're envisioning this. I'm gonna have me a mansion just over the hilltop. Yeah, you are. But you know what the word mansion means in the Greek? Abiding place. Jesus didn't elaborate. You can fantasize about it all you want to, but it's not about the house you're gonna live in, it's who you're gonna live with. Say that with me. That's That's right. right. Say it loud. That's right. Say it proud. That's right. Oh, boy. (laughs) Hallelujah. Boy, when we go on television, you're going to be my announcer. (laughs) Hallelujah. Amen. I'm looking at, listen, a large percentage, and you can put yourself in one corner or the other of this, a large percentage of people when they come to church don't come in happy. We come in burdened. And I would say I don't expect you to come in happy living in a faulty body in a fallen world. But I do expect you to come in happy because you've got a God who wants to help you with all of that. Can you say amen? Amen. Happy? Oh, oh, and if you're not right with God, you can't just undo that with one Sunday service. You need to get right and stay right for a while. Don't come in looking so guilty if you're not guilty. Seen the guilty dogs on television? I hate that in the YouTube. I hate to see a dog shamed. Because he looks like it's hurting him so bad. Did you eat my shoe? And the dog is here. <laughs> we shouldn't be walking around like that. I feel sorry for the dog. I don't I don't even feel sorry for the woman's product getting eaten up. And by the way, you will do more than shame him for the product. can you say amen? Christians come in looking guilty. I assume you must be guilty. But if you're guilty, get rid of it. Don't leave here guilty for heaven's sakes. It's time we quit the sinning. It's time we confess it. It's time we walk out of here with a sense of who we are in Jesus and who Jesus is in us. It's a time we come back ready to shout victory and give Him praise for that victory. We're not victims. We're victors more than conquerors in Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. If you don't believe it, she'll wrap it to you in just a few minutes. Praise God. And we can wrap up the service. God is good. And His mercy endures forever. Hallelujah. The Lord is good as a revelation of a person who we put our trust in and our faith in. Hallelujah! Hallelujah.